doing well. We're back for another episode. Um, I am on home quarantine, so we're actually able to pump a few of these out maybe here, and, and then we'll post them all kind of spread out. Yeah, so it might look good. Yeah. Yeah, you're at home quarantine, so we're doing this mid-morning because I'm on my break between classes I teach. I'm using all of my equipment that I have at work. So, Which means we both sound awesome now. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so today we're, we're going to... Uh, so one of my friends had a request. Uh, apparently he and his daughter listened to our show. Uh, I'm sorry. I feel bad for both of them. Um, but apparently she's, uh, she's fairly young. I, I think, what did I say, seven? Yes. Um, and loves Godzilla. So I'm trying not to cuss this time. Uh, it's not going to work, but I'm going to try not to. <laughs> um, so she had apparently said, hey, why don't they do a Godzilla episode? And he said, well, Godzilla isn't as important to everybody as it is to you. And I said, well, you know what? We can do one. I mean, just because, you know, we don't watch Godzilla much, it doesn't mean we can't do something like this. So here we are, and we're not going to just do Godzilla because, very honestly, I don't think either of us are huge Godzilla fans. No, I'm not I'm not a big movie monster. Like, Pacific Rim never did anything yeah. for me. So instead of just doing Godzilla and and really honestly, in my opinion, kind of struggling to talk about it a little bit, we're going to do our own top five movie monsters. Uh, and then we'll toss some Godzilla talk in at the end of this episode. So just for you who like Godzilla, struggle through the rest of this with us and then we'll talk Godzilla at the end. And, and we apologize if we don't do it the justice you hope we do. Yeah, we, we are not the people to talk on this subject, so. No, we're not. Um, as a matter of fact, in doing the research for this episode, I realized that I am not a huge, what we what I would consider traditional movie monster fan. I, I just, I mean, <clears throat> I like movie monsters, but they're not what most people consider to be a traditional movie monster. Yes. Um, so one of the things you mentioned was kind of the fact that this is not a create a creative genre anymore, it seems like. It seems like it's all pretty much over and over the same movie. Yeah, so when I put my list together, I'm looking, and the five that I have, they range from the early 90s all the way back to the 30s. Mm -hmm. But all five of the monsters I have have been remade or rebooted in the last 10 years. Yeah. Because they just aren't coming up with new movie monsters. No, and as I was looking through it, I mean, if you talk about the kaiju style, like Godzilla stuff, that's done to death. I yes. It just is. Um, so I tried my best to be a little bit creative in some of my, my decisions here. We'll see if it came across that way, but I tried. Yeah. Um, and here's how this is going to work. We each have five movie monsters. They could Some of them could be the same. Um, but we're going to talk, we're going to rank them. We're going to talk about why we picked them, the best movie they were in, their best or most iconic scene, the worst movie they are in, and then what kind of movies have they influenced? Mm -hmm. So I let you go first last time. Do we want to start with one or with five? Oh, we got to go five to one. Okay, that's what I thought too. So I will I'll let you go first last time. I'm going to go first this time with my number okay. five. Uh, my number five movie monster is Predator. <laughs> that's my number five too. <laughs> okay, so we can knock this out pretty easy. Yes. Um, why did I choose him? I mean, he's the predator. I, I, I like him. 
I really do. I like what he represents. I, I really enjoy him. Um, but then, you know, you get to that. There was that one scene where uh, he, and this isn't the most iconic scene, but there's this one scene where like he's holding Arnold Schwarzenegger and they're kind of fighting each other. And Schwarzenegger says, what are you? And he replies back like, what are you? Implying like, I don't know, like who is the monster here? Right. And I don't, we, we're not going to get into the Bambi man is the monster, <laughs> but you know, that, that is an interesting concept in that movie. And it's really, it's really kind of discussed there. Um, my most iconic scene for him, honestly, when anybody, or when I think of a, when I think of a predator movie, I think of the moment they discover Jesse Ventura's co- uh, body. Yeah. And then the predator just goes like invisible and they just start waylaying on the jungle, just shooting everywhere. To me, that's the most iconic scene of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. The worst movie uh, to me was The Predator, which was remade back in 2018. And I just thought that movie, they went away from what worked for them. It, it tried to be funny and it just wasn't. Yeah. It, it, Shane Black's one of my favorite writer directors. And, you know, he made Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yep. which is still one of my favorite movies. Uh, he made Iron Man 3, Long Kiss Goodnight. He's written, he wrote The Lethal Weapons. So I was expecting something really good. And it was just boring. It really was. I think the concept was okay, but it was just never executed well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Predator is one of the newer ones. Yeah. On our list. You know, he hasn't been around since, I think, the original Predator was 87. Somewhere in there. But, you know, going back to that thing beforehand where we are creatively bankrupt in Hollywood, we made Predator and then Predator 2, which I'm going back to because that is very underrated. Oh, I agree. And then we had Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator Requiem. Then Robert Rodriguez tried to redo Predator into Predators. And mm-hmm. then Shane Black did The Predator. Yeah. So, again, they're not coming up with anything new. But it makes sense because... Um, it's also a very cool character. It his is. Look is cool because he's got that Rastafarian kind of look, and then you figure out that that's not exactly what he looks like. And he can takes he takes off the armor, and he's got a different look to him. He's got that jaw that kind of juts out and everything like that. Yeah, and he's just a cool idea of a character too. That he could like. I always just kind of think of him as like a redneck alien that wants to go and, like, hunt things, like, you know, deer hunting or something. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what he is, isn't he? He's 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 killing people for sport. He's hunting them. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, yeah, the, the best movie, of course, is the original. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, like, it's great. It's one of Schwarzenegger's best. It's got very, very many uh, famous lines, iconic lines in that. It really I ain't does. got time to bleed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're really ugly, all all this stuff. So, I mean, that's, of course, the most iconic. But people sleep on Predator 2. I actually like that movie because it takes place in Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. got Danny Glover doing his I'm too old for this um, thing. It's got, like, a very interesting idea. Was it done as well as the first one with John McTiernan no. directing? No, it wasn't. But it's still good. Yeah, and like my favorite scene, it's not the most iconic scene. I think what you said is the most iconic scene, but I think my favorite scene is when Danny Glover ends up in the um, spaceship in the end of the second one. You see like all their uh, all their kind of trophies, and you see the alien head 
which is the reason we have like 17,000 alien versus predator things. Yeah. But they throw him that like 1800s gun and it's like his trophy. And they're saying, Hey, good job. You killed this predator. You're you've earned a medal, I guess, but it's just kind of cool that they've been doing this for years and they expand on that and a lot of the later stuff. But I, I like predator too. I do too. Like you said, it's not predator one, but nothing is right. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is underrated. Like, if you look at a list, for whatever reason, a lot of people put it lower on the list. And I don't know why. I, I like it. I, I would say it's the second best. Yeah. I actually think... No, I'd put AVP Requiem at the very, the oh, very bottom because... Requiem's you horrible. You can't see anything in that, number one, but it's just boring. But I, I, I think it kind of goes along the lines of chronologically, the way I'd put it. Predator, Predator 2, First Alien versus Predator... Predators, the Predator, and then AVP at the end. Right. I don't. I don't disagree with that. That's that's a good breakdown of how the movies probably should go. If you want my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, yeah, it's it's an iconic movie monster, and there there's been a lot of things that do this kind of thing afterwards. Yeah. That horror movies are he's out for the sport, and that kind of started with Predator. So it did. Um, you know, he's not one that influences as much as some of the other ones, just no. because instead of influence people, they just make the predator again. Yeah, that's what I was going to say about the influence. It's, it's I actually wrote down, it's tough to say what he influenced because as opposed to influencing something new and creative, they just make new predator movies. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's just kind of where we are with IP now, that instead of these directors, you know, like um indiana jones it wasn't anything but their take on serials right they just created something new so instead of these directors now working that create something new like the predator they just go hey do you want another predator yes let's do that people know that name yeah i mean my number two monster on the list has inspired god like tons of stuff and we'll get to him in a few minutes but for predator it basically just inspires more predators yeah, so that is both of our number five. So yep. since I didn't have a number five, you go with your number four. Uh, my number four, just because I had to throw it on the list, um, I like the Cloverfield monster. Okay. It is more of a kaiju feel monster. But the one thing I like about the Cloverfield monster is the entire series, even though it's based around him, he's not the feature. It's the tension. It's the fear. It's... You know, it's the terror. And only rarely do you actually ever see the Cloverfield monster in any of it. Yeah. Um, but I like the suspense it gives me. Like, when I think about horror movies or, or these kind of movies, I've said this before. I don't like the jump scare. I don't like the gore and the blood. I mean, sure, whatever. But to me, it's it's when it gets inside your head. And that's kind of what these movies are. I mean, Cloverfield Lane, or Tim Cloverfield Lane, which I think is the best Cloverfield movie, Oh, yeah, by far. I mean, John He's, Goodman's so awesome in that. So is uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Exactly. Is he even in the movie, The Monster? No. He's I, just I, outside. It, like, it, it's one of those things. It's like you don't know if it's the same world or just they're using like Cloverfield as a kind of marketing thing. So Right. So I, I took it to be the same world personally. And like it's the best movie, but the monster's not even in the movie. No. But I still think it's a monster movie because without the Cloverfield monster, outside this bunker, nothing else happens in the movie. Yes. Um, that being said, I think the most suspenseful scene of, this, of the franchise was when they were trying to escape through the subway in actual Cloverfield. 
Uh-huh. That was... And the second one to me would have been like... Um, oh, I can't think of the names, but the building was toppled over and you're looking at it and you're like, don't go in there. It was like being propped up by another building. Yeah. But again, it's not... Neither, neither of those scenes are specific to the monster, but I think I had to include him just because of the suspense and terror of it all. Yeah, and like Cloverfield, especially the first one, it's not so much about battling the monster. It's about... Um, staying alive after what the monster wreaked havoc with. Right. This is what the monster wrought. So now we have to stay alive and um, stepping on your thing, you know what it influenced. That was kind of the Gareth Edwards Godzilla movie later. It did. Godzilla is not in much of that. And it's actually my favorite Godzilla movie. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's one of those things that it's okay. Godzilla did this. Now the characters are going through the world after he, showed up you know this is the footprint that godzilla's gonna have because a lot of the movies it's okay we're here we're fighting as the buildings are toppling over but then we don't worry about it afterwards well it's it's the opposite of pacific rim right yeah pacific rim is all about the fight with the monster and cloverfield is all about dealing with what the monster has done to the world yes um now i haven't seen what i listed as the worst cloverfield movie but People I've talked to and then just researching it online, the Cloverfield Paradox was apparently horrendous. Yes, it's it's barely... I mean, it's not watchable. Yeah. So I had to put that in the list, even though I haven't seen it, because enough people that I know have told me, don't watch that movie, that mm-hmm. I just... If, if somebody tells me the franchise has a movie you can't watch, then that has to go on the list as worst movie, doesn't it? Yes. So, that's my number four. Okay. Uh, my number four... It's kind of a movie monster. Is the T eight hundred from the Terminator series? I like that. Yeah, the uh, not the you know one from the second one, but when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy, mm-hmm. because he is a wonderful um, movie monster because he is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. He is has no feelings. He has a mission. And he is going to do it no matter what, and you can't stop him. He doesn't hurt. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. You know, he's just going to keep coming after Sarah Connor until he does his thing. And it's, um, you know, an influence that you can definitely see is on that movie was Michael Myers. You know, he is a robot version of Michael Myers that doesn't, there's no reason for it. You don't have a backstory with the T-800 because he's just a robot sent from the future to kill this person before they can give birth. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, And while you and I talked about this kind of stuff in the last few days, T-800 doesn't fit your traditional movie monster. It is a monster. He's a monster. And, you know, in in terms of if you want to define what a movie monster is, he fits that bill. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because you think of the whole series now. It's like, oh, it's an action, sci-fi kind of thing. The first one is horror. Oh, the first one is all horror. Yeah, it, it's a straight up horror. I mean, like, yeah, there's gunfights and car chases and everything like that, but it is very horror because the la- the later ones they always have a robot on the good side to help them. So now you have two robots fighting. The first one, it's a dude, yeah, Michael Bean, you know, yeah, just a regular guy trying to stop this monster without the tools that he needs. Because in the future, yeah, you can stop him because you got ray guns and everything. Oh yeah. But when he goes to 1984, he's got 1984 weapons, and it cannot stop him. So Yeah, and that um, T-800 is not getting stopped by a bullet from 1984. No, 
and it's it's like like I said, the first one's a monster movie. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's got this horrible thing that will not stop and everything like that. And it's you got to go back and watch it with fresh eyes because we've had like an, another one that's there's like six more of them now. Mm-hmm. But the very first one was a fever dream of a movie, and that's actually where he came up with the idea. James Cameron got really sick making um, his Piranha movie, mm-hmm. and he had this dream, and that's where it came from. And it does have this fever dream kind of feel to it. It does, yeah. I I actually didn't know that, but. You're right. It does have a fever dream feel, and and knowing that, then it literally has a fever dream feel to it. Yeah, and the best movie they were in. I mean, he wasn't the bad guy in it, but it's Terminator Two. Oh yeah, Terminator Two is one of the best movies on ever. my list. Yeah, yeah, period. one of the best sequels ever made. So, best movie they were in. Now, the best, most iconic scene I'm going with. I'm going with when he was a bad guy. Okay. So, there's more iconic scenes in Terminator Two and everything like that, oh, yeah. but I love the scene. In the first one, right after they blow off like Arnold's, you know, exoskeleton, and it's just so he just comes robot. back as the robot. Yeah, and you know they think they won. They're all happy because they blew him up, and all of a sudden <laughs> the dude's still coming. Now he's just the robot that you see from the future, right? And he just keeps coming and coming and coming. So that is like, I mean, I saw this probably too young. Mm-hmm. I probably saw because it came out in '84. I probably saw it in like '87, '88 when I was four, five, six years old. Yeah, the Terminator scared me because it, it should have. Yeah, it was something that you know. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, this guy is kind of creepy. So um, I love that scene where even though they blow him up, he's still coming. Uh, that one just edges out the "I'll be back" um, scene in the police station where you think the most safe place to be is a police station but he just destroys all the cops in it well it goes back to and that really highlights the whole you're not going to stop him yeah you're in probably like you said the safest place you can be and he just walks in it's like nah this doesn't bother me yeah um the low point for this can we just say everything past terminator 3 Terminator 3 is where this, the franchise should have stopped, yeah. I like Terminator 3. It was fine. Um, I'll say the low point is Terminator Salvation because you're like, oh, cool, we get to see the future war. I've wanted to see this since I saw Terminator 2 where he's killing all the skeletons. I'm so into this. And then it's a letdown. boring. And, yeah, Here's I even liked Genesis more than Salvation because Genesis was bat, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, at least it was entertaining insanity. Salvation was just kind of boring. So I'd say that's a low point. Uh, movies they've influenced, oh, there's tons. You can't um, even begin to describe how many. Yeah. any Anything where it's like time travel with a uh, killer or anything like that. Cyborg's one of them. Um, I Come in Peace, a lot of alien movies. But they, he started this whole thing of killing someone to bring back, you know, to change the future. So um, it's one of the most influential action films of the last 40 years. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, even though I would even say it it had influences into The Matrix in some oh, ways. Yeah. Most certainly. I mean, Agent Smith is the unstoppable Terminator, right? Mm-hmm. Until they I get were, the Terminator I on their side. I my uh, spinoff of that. Which one? For Terminator and Matrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it's actually the same universe, mm-hmm. and the Matrix people are on, like, above ground, and, like, the Terminator people are above ground, and the Matrix people are below, 
they're both owned by Warner Brothers. Come on, Warner Brothers. Yeah, you Let's could, make this happen. You could Let's make your IP. The, I mean, the Terminator robots are just the future where the Matrix is taking place. Yeah. They're the robots that are taking over the world. Easy. Done. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's been so influential. Um, in sci-fi and action and horror, they have their DNA and their fingerprints on everything. So Yeah. So, so what's your number three? My number three, I'm going an entirely different direction. We've done the scary. We've done the horror. Uh, Mike and Sully. From Monsters okay. Inc. I love this. I never thought of this, but when you told me you're thinking of it, I hundred percent love it. You know, they are. A, it's a monster movie. It is literally Monsters Inc. Um, and the reason I chose it is because you know, n- not all monsters have to be big and scary. And I, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have chosen this if I wasn't a dad. But being able to sit down with my young kids and watch a monster movie is a lot of fun. Um, on top of that, you know, you can't argue that Mike and Sully are just fun characters. They're enjoyable. Um, their friendship is awesome. They stand by each other. Um, you know, they've only been in two movies fully. Yes. So the high point is one and the low point is the other. Monsters Inc. and Monsters U. Um, and Monsters, Monsters U fell quite a bit. It was still watchable, but... Yeah, it, it fell a bit. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it tumbled. Yeah. Um, to me, I mean, my favorite scene in Monsters, Inc. is when you finally realize, or I shouldn't say you finally realize, when Sully finally realizes how much he cares for Boo. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way he, he's holding Boo and he's looking at her and he's like, wow, you know, I, I care for this human monster for him, you know. Um but I absolutely love like the emotion he shows, um, mm-hmm. and again, you can't go wrong with John Goodman in any movie. No, he he's so good. He's just so lovable. Yeah, he is. He is. And and Mike Wazowski is is such a perfect counter to him. And it's Billy Crystal. At the oh yes, yeah. it really is. For me, it's like Billy Crystal. It's this and Miracle Max is my favorite. Miracle <laughs> Max, yeah, stuff. and yeah, no doubt. Um, Again, Monsters University fell quite a long ways. Is it watchable? Sure, it is. It's just not as much fun. It's it, disposable is what I'd call it. Yeah. You, you don't mind it, but you don't remember anything. No, as a matter of fact, as I was writing this, I had a hard time remembering the plot of Monsters University. Like, animal House, but with monsters. That's kind of what it was. You know, a G-rated animal house with monsters. I mean, it wasn't G, but you know what I mean. A family animal house. Um, but what does it influence? Everything, right? You look yeah. at how many Disney Junior shows have come out with monsters since then. Since this, yeah. You know, there's one called Henry Huggle Monster, Vampirina, uh, all these monster movies or monster shows that have come out for families since then have been influenced by this. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I had to put it on my number three because my, my top two are so far above everything else I've put on this that yeah. I couldn't squeeze this into the top two. This was this was a number three, and there's no question about that. And I think it's one of the best endings of any Pixar film is the original oh, Monsters, Inc. It, it I, makes me cry still. I don't disagree with you one bit. It's just so good, isn't it? So perfect, yeah. So I love the year number three. You know, I, would, I wasn't thinking of that because I'm just thinking scary stuff that terrified me as a kid. And that's why a lot of my stuff is 
from like the late 80s, early 90s when I was impressionable and before I have no feelings or emotions anymore. So yeah. stuff still affect me. Yeah. Uh, so my number three is the Xenomorph from Alien. Ooh, from Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most terrifying alien I think we've ever come up with because let's yep. just go over some of the things it has. It has a second head that's also a tongue that uh-huh. can bite you. Yep. Um, its way of making more is to put a face hugger, like have it put its egg in you and it bursts out of your stomach, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It, bre- it bleeds acid, so if you hurt it, it's bleeding on you can kill you still. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just has no emotions that you can see other than for its own kind. And it's hard to hurt and it's just going to keep coming after you. So yeah. um, I love most of the alien stuff. I always love seeing the alien show up, even if they're bad movies, because there's been like two good ones. But right. I, I'll still watch the other ones. But um, best movie they are in. You know, this is there's people on both sides of it. I could see both of it, but for me, it's aliens. Mm-hmm. I love Alien. It's a good haunted house thing, but Aliens is I'm more of an action guy anyway, and it's an action movie with yeah. Aliens, and it's unrelenting once it gets going. Yeah, I think Alien was much more the the mind messing with you style of horror, and Aliens was more the action horror, yeah. which was good. And, and you can tell I really like James Cameron since yeah. now, you know, I've we got mentioned two of, two of them. Um, the best, most iconic scene, if you go from the first movie, it's got to be um, the chest bursting scene because oh. it's so unnerving no you weren't expecting it. But my favorite, it's the um, iconic battle with the alien queen, get away from her, you bitch, from Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. And can we just say that Sigourney Weaver is just awesome in this whole series. She really is. So she had said at one point, and I don't know if this is true or not, but she had said at one point that when they started to make this movie, and they started to do the casting for the movies, that none of the characters had first names. They just had their last names. Mm -hmm. And then they were just going to fill with the best actor for it and then give them a name based on that gender. And then that happened. And, like, you know, she getting on to the most iconic thing, you know, movies they've influenced... The final girl, you know, this, her and Jamie Lee Curtis were kind of the thing, you know, this really normal looking girl that's, you know, kick ass that's going to beat the monster. She's going to inspire Sarah Connor. She will. And, you know, that's a few years down the line, but she is, you know, Sarah Connor is definitely in that level, uh, you know, in that line of, okay, we go from uh, Laurie Strode to um, Ellen Ripley to, um, Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder, in some ways, if they had originally started to cast this with names already set, do you think they would have gone with an Ellen Ripley, or was that going to be a male character? It's probably going to be like a John Ripley. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, it works so much better because then you have that more of... Because they could have gotten some... You know, it would have been more like a Predator then, where it's yeah. Schwarzenegger battling at the end. You got, you got that more of... Because Sigourney Weaver... Well, still is in her 70s is still very good looking but at that time she was very pretty you know smaller so we have this fragile character mm-hmm. trying to kill this ugly you know hr geiger's design for the 
alien is just great with yeah. that very long sloped head and everything. And it just is a great, you know, beauty and the beast almost. Um, but the low point for the alien franchise. Wow. That's up there with Terminator and predator of just take your pick. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to go. I don't alien covenant. I think it was the name of it. Like the okay. sequel to Prometheus, which I'll give respect to Prometheus. It did something different. I didn't like it, but it tried. It was something different. I appreciate that they tried to do it, and then it didn't do as well, and a lot of people complained. So then he's like, fine, here's Alien 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I didn't like Prometheus, but I, I guess I can see it your way. I can, I can give it credit for trying. Yeah, at least it wasn't the same thing again. It it didn't work the way they wanted it to, but it was a different idea, a different way of going to this world. But then, yeah, like it, it's kind of it reminds me a lot of Rise of Skywalker. Last yeah. Jedi is different, and then people complain, so they're like, okay, we're just making Return of the Jedi again. Yeah, you know, Ridley Scott came back and just made a worse version of the original Alien with um, Covenant. It's on a spaceship. The- you know, the only thing they had was they're trying to still use Michael Fassbender from the last one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even that is, it's an evil robot. Yeah, you had that, you had the evil cyborg in the original Alien. Sure. The one interesting thing about the Aliens franchise was, I think among all of the things we've talked about so far, the Alien franchise is the one that's the most guilty at, hey, maybe you shouldn't do what you're about to do. Yeah. Because how many times uh, through the entire franchise do you see a character and you're like, Oh, don't do... Oh, God damn it! And they do what you just think they should not do. The stupidest thing they can possibly do, like they Prometheus, do Like in Prometheus, where they're like, hey, look, we're on a different world, and there's this alien life form. Let's touch it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Ooh, I have an idea. And and every time... You, and it's usually toward the beginning or first part of the second act of the movie. Yeah. You look at it, and you're just like, why are you stupid? And then that sets off everything else that happens throughout the movie. But I guess if they didn't do that... It wouldn't set off the rest of the plot. But they're also really, you know, another way that they're influential. They started the whole thing of having asshole, um, like, corporate people oh, yeah. be the bad guys. They kind of you know, got it. Like, the whole Wayland Corporation is just evil guys that are rich and don't care about anybody. But, you know, it goes really well with Paul Reiser's character in Aliens where he will sacrifice everybody to get the stuff. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, that's, that's my number three. So what's your number two? Uh, so my top two are so far above and beyond what everybody else was. Um, I feel like we might have the same two, so I'm kind of curious. I'm curious. Number two, I have a feeling, is in your top two, and uh-huh. uh, it's Dracula. Okay, nope, don't have that Really? One. Nope. So Dracula is, is, is my number two, and here's why. If, if you don't have Dracula, you don't have any vampire movie ever made. Ever. Yes. You don't have Blade. You don't have Queen of the Damned. You don't have any of them without Dracula. And I don't need to say why I chose him, because he's Dracula. I mean, we've even gone to the family-friendly Dracula with Hotel Transylvania. Uh-huh. So I think he's just so iconic as a monster. And and being a D&D player, I mean, there's an entire season of D&D dedicated to this thing called the Curse of Strahd. And Strahd is a vampire we played back in the days of Ravenloft Dungeons and Dragons world. So it even transcends back into into current day RPGs. It's 
it's just so iconic to me. Um, I think his best movie, he's been in... I mean, the, the character of Dracula has been in countless movies, right? But yeah. to me, the best is still Bram Stoker's Dracula. I I just love that movie. It's elegant. It's it's horrifying. But I really, really like it. Um, but that being said, the most iconic, the best scene I've ever seen of any Dracula ever doesn't come from that. It comes from 1922 with Nosferatu. Well, no, that's not Dracula, though. It's the same basic character, though. Well, yeah. And it's just the silhouette. All you see is the silhouette of their vampire. You know? Mm-hmm. See, if I was doing Dracula, I think my most iconic scene would be the Children of the Night monologue from the um, OG Universal movie monster. I can of. see that, yeah. But my worst scene, my worst Dracula appearance... Oh God! There's <laughs> there's, there's a, so many to choose. There's from. a lot to choose, and that that also goes to why Dracula to me is iconic because there's so much Dracula content. Um, but my my worst Dracula scene or my worst Dracula appearance. I'm sorry, I love you, my boy, but Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> oh God! I forgot that existed. God, that was so. I was like, oh wait a minute. It combines a kick-ass monster, who I love, but it's going to be kind of comedic. And with that, oh my gosh, come on. And then I watched it, and I was like, that was that was bad. I should not have done that. <laughs> that That's really bad, but I, I will still give it to Dracula 2000 over that. Okay, I, I can't argue with either one of them. Dracula 2000 was horrible as well. And then, wasn't Dracula in the third Blade movie? I think he was. I don't remember the third Blade movie much, honestly. No one, no one does. <laughs> the first Blade movie, really good. Second Blade movie, all right, I watched that. We made a third one? What? And it's got Ryan Reynolds in it? What? Yeah, so I don't remember the third Blade movie much at all. I remember no. Ryan Reynolds being in it. I think Dracula's in that one. I don't know. I, I, I might be getting Dracula 2000 and Blade Trinity confused because they came out at the very similar times, and they're both just unwatchable so I, I don't know i'm actually looking up blade trinity right now um let's just find out it was the guy that was in prison break that's now like yeah uh heat wave in um legends of tomorrow but i can't remember which movie that is because like i said all of the turn of the century vampire movies just kind of have bled into the same thing for me okay so yeah Blade, um, that might be in the comics, though. Just a quick thing here. Because, okay, so Drake is Dracula in yeah. Blade Trinity. So there you go. And is it the guy from Prison Break? Yeah, it looks yeah. like it. Okay, Dominic Purcell, yep. So <laughs> that's so bad. Um, but, like, I do love, I didn't put Dracula. I love him. He, him, like, all of the movie monsters were kind of my um, honorable mention, so... All of them from the old Universal times, The Mummy, Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, they all were kind of number six because it's like I, I appreciate them, I love them, but they're just not my favorites and they didn't ever really scare me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they are iconic. But I mean, we could do a thing where we just do our favorite vampire movies and yeah, it's near dark, but uh, one, two through five should be interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I can't... I had to put Dracula on here just because 
I don't know. I, I just love the suave, sophisticated vampire that lives forever. You know, I mean, if I look at if I look at Curse of Strahd, like I've played that Ravenloft stuff. I don't know how many times I've died to his vampiric minions and this and that and the other. And obviously that doesn't happen without Dracula. Yeah. So. So, uh, my number two, it's a different thing than yours. It is the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Okay. Yeah. It's a great yeah. movie monster. Yeah. And I'm like, is it a monster? Because now he's kind of a good guy now. It's kind of like the T-800. <laughs> it's kind of weird. He has turned into a good guy. Yeah, because, I mean, like, by Jurassic World, they're running to, like, free him so he can, like, fight the Adominus Rex. So, yeah. um, again, is he really a bad guy? And, like, I'm like, okay, is he a monster or is he just a dinosaur? Because that's just well, kind of what a dinosaur does. He's a dinosaur, yes, but if you look at the definition of movie monsters, he fits it. Yeah, and the reason I had to put him on oh, – actually, her, sorry. It is a her. Sorry, T-Rex, it's, it's a her. The reason I had to put her on the list and so high is – I think I've said this before on the podcast. I had the VHS tape of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and I would come home every day, and I would fast forward to the T-Rex scene. Mm-hmm. Like when it's in the – when it's about to get out, and I would watch the rest of the Jurassic Park movie. I did that literally probably for a month every day. And yeah. he did it so much that the tape wore out at this scene. So that's how much I love the T-Rex. I mean, like, it was terrifying to see. She was scary, you know, kind of stupid. I mean, like, she was kind of easy to beat. You just stopped moving. Right. Which we don't know if that's true or not in real life, but who cares? Uh, when when I've messed with T-Rexes before, yeah, it, 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 it actually is true. Oh, it so. is? You just stand still? Okay. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, God, I just... It's such an iconic monster. Her roar is iconic. You know, the well at the, the end of her. At, is. At, yeah, at the end of Jurassic World, where she walks out onto what is that? That helipad and just stands there and roars. Uh huh. I and mean, this, she's like forty years old now. Yeah, but she don't care. T Rex don't care. But You're, best movie they are in. It's Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Uh, it's most iconic her. scene. The. The uh, fencing. That whole thing is seared in my brain. I could probably reenact in the rain. Shot of that. Yeah, sitting there in the rain, not sure what's going on. The fence is broken. The um, stomping of the, you know, the ripples in the the water. water, Yeah. The um, breaking the glass and the kids are screaming as it's going, knocking Uh, um, Ian off, eating the lawyer. God, it's it's one of my favorite all time scenes. It's the most iconic. And Jeff Goldblum in the back of the Jeep. Must go faster. Must go faster. Yes. <laughs> you know? And then, like, her even sneaking up on the raptors at the end. Yeah. To take them out and having, you know, because Jurassic World just did it again with, like, the iconic roar. But in the Jurassic Park where she roars in the when dinosaurs ruled the earth thing flutters down in front. God, it's that was good. perfect. Yeah. Um, low point, the worst movie, I'm going Jurassic Park 3. Even though this monster wasn't in that one, she she wasn't no, in that. One. She wasn't, but the franchise she created isn't. It, it, that's that's yeah. her franchise. And movies they've influenced. Again, anything with a giant monster after Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, um, like it's funny because Godzilla influenced Jurassic Park. Yes, but then Jurassic Park influenced that Godzilla movie in the '90s because they 
halfway through do the thing where they go to Madison Square Garden and she has little ones and they're like pretty much little T-Rexes or little raptors. So you can see the influences there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one where they've redone it and now did you know there's a Netflix cartoon for Jurassic World now? Um, I have not seen it, but I saw a preview thing for it, and I was like, I, I, no, I haven't seen it, but I knew it was there. Oh, yeah, it's a hard pass for me. And, like, I love cartoons, so I'm not like, oh, it's a cartoon. I was just like, no, this does not look like what I want. But, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, like, so the franchise is still going strong, you know? It, it is. It was rebooted, and it was one of the better reboots. Yeah. Because it, 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 Jurassic World works. It's still not Jurassic Park, but... That could also be my 39-year-old self. It's like, nothing is as good as it was when I was 12, which yeah. is true. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Jurassic World, if you look at it from our kids' generation version of Jurassic Park, it works for them. Yep. So It that's doesn't work for us. But... Um, I love the T-Rex. I love Jurassic Park. Like I said, the most iconic scene is one of my favorite scenes, period. So what is your number one? I mean, I can't go anywhere but here. My number one is Cthulhu. Okay. And the reason I, 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 for my reason why he's number one, I just wrote, oh, come on. <laughs> Cthulhu but, is the king movies. of all monsters. What's that? But what movies? There's a movie he's in called Cthulhu. But he's not actually in it. It's just, he's, it's kind of like Cloverfield. He's, he's there, but you never see him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is the ultimate movie or the ultimate monster he is the old one he is the elder from the depths he you know he will rise again and and destroy everything lovecraft was so good at this kind of horror this kind of psychological terror and to me that's what cthulhu represented in that movie it wasn't a fantastic movie but i i I was like when i was thinking of this I was like, oh my god, Cthulhu's my favorite monster of all time. I need to find a movie that he's in. So I went backwards and found the movie from the monster. Yeah, see, that that's the problem. Is like He's a great monster, but I don't think he's a great movie monster because no one's utilized him well. I don't know if you could because he just he's going to win. You can't stop Cthulhu. Yeah. End of story. So, have you watched the Lovecraft Country on HBO? I haven't seen any of it yet. No, because I don't have any HBO stuff. It's good. Is it, it? Like, uh, Melissa and I have seen like the first four episodes now. It's it's really good. Yeah, so it's, it's hard for me to say he has a most iconic movie or a least iconic movie because I don't really know what all he's in. Um, but I, I do know if, you know, like for me, if Cthulhu rises, the world is over. End of story. Done. You know? I don't know that he's ever been defeated like that, right? Um, so would you make Cthulhu a good guy in your movie then? No, no, he, he, well, I'd make him the, the savior of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if you're doing what like they did with Godzilla in the next, in the newest generation where he's kind of the good guy. No, but in 2020, if Cthulhu rises, I think we'd all be like, oh, thank God. It's like, that's fine. I'll, I'll allow it. Thank the elder gods. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's hard to say what he has influenced because Lovecraft itself, I mean, Lovecraftian horror is everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. You mentioned, no, I think he's had a renaissance. He, he really has. I mean, I've got board games behind me that are built in the Lovecraft universe. You talked about Lovecraft Country on HBO. I think right now, 
you're seeing the rebirth of Lovecraftian horror. And I think, you know, one of the people that really brought it back was uh, Del Toro. Mm-hmm. I agree. Del Toro, because he, you can tell he's very influenced by it. Um, another movie that uses it really well is another movie that's just kind of underappreciated, but has the bleakest ending I think I've ever seen is The Mist. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a Lovecraftian movie. Um, mm-hmm. Even though there's, you know, I got into a discussion about, could you include The Mist as a monster? No, not really. I don't think so. Because The Mist is in The Mist, though. What's that? There's stuff in the mist. Oh, yeah, no, I there is. But to me, yeah, you're right. It does fit that Lovecraftian feel and a very, very bleak ending. Uh-huh. Yeah, very good lord. Um, so my number one, it's pretty you know, it's a pretty no brainer, it's pretty um cliche, but mine's King Kong. Yeah. I yeah, mean I can't mother argue with of that. all movie monsters. He is. From nineteen thirty nine. Yep. And you know, he is the movie monster to begin movie monsters. There's not one before him. Right. And everybody has to bow down to him afterwards. Um, it's one of those movies that a lot of old movies you can't watch. You know, a lot of me, yes, I can because I love old movies, but you put it down in front of a typical person and they won't be able to watch old movies. You can put on 1939's King Kong and it's still watchable. I mean, it's it looks its time. It's not like they had CG back then, but it is still a very watchable movie. And, you know, he started the whole thing. If it wasn't for him, there would be no Godzilla. There would be no, um, Shithulu, there'd be no Jurassic park, anything like that. So, you know, King Kong was the one that started it. Beauty killed the beast, you know, everything like that best movie they were in. It's still the original. Yeah. Um, that that's one of those that they've remade a few times. I actually like Skull Skull Island. I think it's very visual and it's a very kind of cool movie. But yeah, I mean, like Peter Jackson's one was okay. The one in the seventies we just don't talk about. Um, but the original is the best one they're in. The best, most iconic scene. I mean, again, this is just one of the most iconic scenes in film history. It's the Empire State. Top of the Empire State Building. Yep. Where he's swatting the biplanes, he's got Feyre in his hands, and I mean that's that's it, it's like Jurassic Park. It's not an iconic scene in this movie; it's an iconic scene in Hollywood. It is in the DNA of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, real point, definitely the 1976 one where he climbs the twin towers. That's just really bad. And yeah. movies they've influenced, it's all of them. Yeah, since he is the original. Yeah, I mean any movie monster has something in there it might not be he's big he's small you know but there's something from king kong that influences everything yeah you're right um king kong is he is the grandfather of all movie monsters there's Mm -hmm. no question without him nothing else happens nothing else happens i mean they probably would have come up with monsters on their own of course but he set the tone he set the tone and it was so well done and so um, popular that it helped do it. Because, I mean, like, it could have been a B picture that just wasn't that good. It would have – people would have forgotten about it. But like I said, you can still watch this scene where he is on top of the Empire State Building, and it's still exciting. Yeah, I agree. Even so to this were day. There any that almost made your list? I mean, there were a lot I had to sort through. Like, zombies, quote just the, the term zombies. 
zombies are a great movie monster um, because what makes them scary, and you can't pick one zombie because what makes zombies a great movie monster is the horde of zombies, yep. the unstoppable Third horde. Left in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that guy was great. Whoever did that <laughs> was fantastic. No, but it's like there's no stopping them because even in um, even in um, you know Dawn of the Dead, you think you you think you've survived and you think you made it through. Your whole room just went dark. Okay. <laughs> um, even though you think you survived, you think you made it through. You didn't. They're everywhere. Yeah. You know? Um, so zombies are, are, are on the list. Um, Kong was... King Kong was going to be on my list. And I thought, I don't know. I mean, he's on there. But I thought the others were a little bit better in terms of more iconic to, to reason, but you're right. He is the, the godfather. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There were like, we talked about jaws. Jaws is a great movie monster. Yeah. He, he was on my, you know, honorable mention the ones from, um, the mister on it. Um, mm-hmm. the thing, thing I, really could have been had, there. I really was sad. I didn't get the thing on there. Cause I love that movie. The John yeah. Carpenter one. Yeah. So I had a few on there that, that just didn't quite make it, but probably could have. I mean, you you could put any of those on the list, and I'd have been fine with it. Um, so now we get to go to talk about Godzilla a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so. And so to my to my friend, to Chris's daughter, I, this is... I, I really... I'm not a huge Godzilla fan. I'm not. So we're going to try to do this the best justice we can for you, since we know you love this. Um, what is your favorite Godzilla film? Um, you know, it's got to be back the original ones. Okay. Um, I haven't seen all of them, so I'm not oh God, like, no. the greatest one, but, um, the one where it's him and Mothra is probably my favorite. Okay. I also a have classic. a soft spot for, was it Godzilla 2000 where they're so mad at the, um, the um, one that they made in America in the 90s. It's just him going back through time, killing all the fake Godzillas. That one was pretty good, too. I like the meta <laughs> of that. That's kind of an interesting one. I like that. Um, for me, I think... Oh, my favorite Godzilla movie. See, I don't know the names of lots of them. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mothra and Godzilla ranks up there among the best. I honestly haven't liked most of the more recent ones. No. Um, I think they fall into much more of a too predictable style of, of movie monster, you know? Yeah, like I said, um, I really like the 2014 one, the one that Gareth Edwards did, mm-hmm. uh, because I liked how he wasn't in much of it, but it was just very visual, and you saw what happened afterwards, and it's the aftermath of him doing everything, and then at the end, when it's like, let them fight, and you actually get to see him like unleash all of it on san francisco right that one was actually really good now i hated king of the monsters i hope she doesn't like that one but my god i it was just two hours of noise for me and mm-hmm. i didn't like that one at all but i'm very excited for godzilla versus Kong. you know honestly that's our next question are you excited for it i really am um it looks good the trailer's out looks good um i just think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, because I think that Godzilla is one of those characters that, yeah, I might not know much of 
the movies and I haven't seen some of them, but it's such an iconic character that you still know what Godzilla does. It's he can not breathe fire, but breathe whatever he breathes. I don't is know it fire it or is it like is it like nuclear? a? I don't know. Is I don't remember. It, it kind of looks like a, a, a. Here's the colorblind me. The kind of blue fire, for lack of a better way of saying yeah, it. It is blue. Okay, so, so you got that one. Good. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, but like just that, and like his roar is so um, iconic, and everything like that. It's just that I I just feel like some people haven't known how to use him as as well, and they haven't been able to do it. So maybe with him fighting Kong, maybe putting him together will be something. And it's funny because they're doing this whole um, universe now of Godzilla and Kong, and they're all in the same universe, and they have that thing that was in Skull Island that it's the company that follows all these monsters and makes sure everything's going well. Mm -hmm. But Godzilla was one of the first to really do this. You know, it was that in the universal movie monsters that they kept making sequels and it was all in the same world and a lot of the same characters. And then they would spin off to their own, you know, Mothra made their own and Rodan was in its own and everything like that. So Godzilla is very influential for something like that. I think it's interesting because Americans have tried to take on Godzilla with the Godzilla franchises. But I still think the most iconic Godzilla is the Japanese Godzillas. That's the true Godzilla. That's That's truly Godzilla. He emerges, he lays waste to Tokyo or whatever city's over there. And as much as we try to do the same thing here in America, it just hasn't worked to me. Um, There's something about the whole, the way the Japanese directors make Godzilla that makes it better than the way we do it. Yeah, because ours is just, that pale imitation. Yeah, it really is. And I think our Godzilla movies um, have to conform to what our horror or our monster movies are. Yeah, and Whereas, they're not Godzilla. Yeah, and they're not Godzilla. Whereas Japanese Godzilla movies, they just stick to what they know is good. Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, like I was saying with, like, the Roland Emmerich one, it was supposed to be the biggest thing of, like, 98. It was mm-hmm. going to be this huge movie. They're coming off of Independence Day. Jurassic Park was really big. Lost mm-hmm. World came out the year before. It was huge. And then they, they didn't make a Godzilla movie. They hit him in the middle of New York. No, we want to see him stop. Well, at this time, we would have wanted to see him stomping at New York. A few yeah. years later, not so much. Maybe, maybe New York time, had had a lot too much by then. Yeah, at this time, lay waste to New York, you know, destroy all the buildings. But the movie instead, he's hiding behind the Empire State Building, and and we lost him. And then they, like I said, they go into Madison Square Garden, and all of his little babies hatch, and then it's just the raptors from Jurassic Park, but not nearly as well done. And that's not Godzilla. No, Godzilla to me is this monster that walks into a city and just lays it to waste. Uh Uh-huh. He's not... I, I felt like, you know, you're right. He was almost strategic in that movie. Think about that, right? Yeah. I don't feel like Godzilla is strategic per se. He just is a monster that's going to step into a city and smash it. He's literally a force of nature. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like what they did with that Godzilla at the turn of the century was they're like, okay. It's like me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a zombie movie. But they're not human in this. They're going to be like kind of insects. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give them eight legs. And they weave like this net that traps, captures people. And I'm going to call it a zombie movie. It's like, but that, that's a spider. Are, that's a spider. You made us. You're making a spider movie. No, 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 no. Zombies. They're zombies. That's that Godzilla movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, you look at what Godzilla has influenced outside of movies too. Like I've got a board game called King of Tokyo. 
It's literally Godzilla. They couldn't Rampage. use the Godzilla name, but that's what it is. Yeah, and like Rampage. And Rampage. I got, well, it's not called Rampage anymore. They got What's it the, the the arcade game is called Rampage. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I got a board game called Rampage. Oh. And they got sued and they couldn't name it Rampage anymore. So I actually have the Rampage named game. I don't know oh, what it's called that's now. That's worth money. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but basically you're a little monster and there's cities everywhere and there's meeple and you move your monster around and when it's time, you like drop your monster on top of a building to smash it and see how many people you kill. <laughs> it's really pretty cool. Um yeah, I mean, like, if you had a mom and dad of monster films, it's Kong and Godzilla. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Which is part of why I'm going to enjoy watching Kong versus Godzilla. The yes. two grandfathers, the two granddaddies coming together. And like I said, I actually like Kong Skull Island. I thought it was really well directed. Yeah. It was interesting. It had a good cast to it. So it Sure did. Uh, and, like, I like the director that's making it. He made this really good uh, horror movie called Year Next, which is like a mumblecore movie where you just hate every character mm -hmm. and then they get killed horribly. You're like, okay, I'm fine with this. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But Godzilla on the whole, I, I mean, as I started to look at it, there's so many Godzilla movies that I don't know what to say about them. I mean, yeah. it, it has to work for there to be that many, right? Yeah, and it, it does work. It, but it's just not, uh, I think it's just not on my wavelength. Me either. My friend Chris Baker has made a kaiju board or tabletop. I don't call it a board game. It literally takes up a whole table, and the, you know, that he's got city buildings that are literally two feet tall, and it's pretty cool. I haven't played it, but it looked cool. I wanted to play it, but I couldn't. I wasn't. I wasn't free the time he ran it. So I'm hoping he can bust it back out after quarantine is over. I'd like to. I'd like to try it. Yeah, and like so many of my friends are huge movie monsters, like Godzilla, mm -hmm. like. And they love it, and like I'm happy for them. And they, a lot of them, like King of the Monsters. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah, and, you know, it's really cool that this um, girl. What'd you say? She's like seven, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's in something like that. I hope that God, she keeps into Godzilla, and it's something that she just loves. Yeah, through the rest of her life. I agree. I will never knock somebody for liking Godzilla. No, there I are like there are some movies and some franchises that I'm like, oh my god, you actually like that. But Godzilla is not one of them. Godzilla, just because it's not my cup of tea, I really appreciate the level of genius that it's taken to keep it alive for as long as they've kept it alive. 60 years now, I'd say. Yeah, and, and 60 years despite us American directors trying to kill it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and like, it's one of those things that you look at all the movies I talk about. Okay, Jurassic Park started really well. It went down very fast. Mm -hmm. it, it had a kind of bump with Jurassic World, but Fallen Kingdom wasn't that good again. Right. Um, Alien has been, after Aliens, been a steady decline of just crap. Yeah. Um, Predator the same way, Terminator the same way. Godzilla, when the Japanese were making it, they most of those were pretty good. Yeah, and I can't speak. Maybe, maybe some of them are horrible. I don't know. Yeah. But... I do know there was one that was turned on to me. I, I needed to look it up, some of the videos from it, and, and I've not seen this one, so I, I, don't, I can't speak to it. But it's one called Shin Godzilla. And apparently Godzilla, like, evolves, and I had to look at some of the pictures and the videos, and he is ugly. Like, yeah. ugly. So, I don't know, maybe that's considered a bad Godzilla movie? I don't know. But at least, at least they're trying stuff. You know, yeah. like we said with Predator. They stop trying. They just keep making the same movie over and over again. Yeah. Hey, it's Predator in the Jungle. They've done that literally three times now. But you know what would be really cool? 
if we made a Predator in the Jungle movie. Yeah. And, you know, Jaws didn't make my list, but Jaws is great. And then Jaws 4 is one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like Godzilla, Jaws inspired stuff, too, like Deep Blue Sea or The Meg or whatever, you know? Deep Blue Sea is... I will ride and die for that movie. <laughs> Such a good movie. I almost put super smart sharks on my list. <laughs> with lasers. Because <laughs> I'm like, this uh, begins and ends with Deep Blue Sea, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so for Godzilla, for, for you who love Godzilla, man, keep loving it. Because here's the thing. And I'm just going to go on a soapbox here for a second. People are going to tell you that, oh, Godzilla's dumb and people who like it are dumb. Screw those people, man. Love what you love. You'll find people who love what you love. When I was young, when I was your age at 7 or 10 or 12, I I didn't like... I, I was kind of forced myself to not like some of the stuff I love today because it wasn't cool. Because people back then made fun of me for it or bullied me for it. You know what? To heck with those people. Because... Now I'm 41 years old. I love what I love. And, for example, I run a board game convention. There are people who come to play the games that I love. I go to a board game convention in in Indianapolis. There are 65,000 people at that convention that love the same things I love. So if you love Godzilla, and somebody says you shouldn't love Godzilla because it's for nerds, be a nerd and wear it on your sleeve with pride. Love it because you love it. I'm off my soapbox. No, I'm the same way, you know. I've loved comic books since I was a kid. Now they're in style, but I still love the actual comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, with movies. I'm a huge movie guy. I'll watch the cheesy movies. I'll watch the good movies. I'll watch anything. And like you said, you you got to that point. It's like, I'm just going to do it. You found friends that do the same thing. You got a wife that loves playing games. You do the... um, convention every year same thing with me i love movies now my kids are watching them with me i teach a class where we talk about film a lot just never give up what you love yeah yeah i mean if godzilla is your thing or kong or or any of the monsters that we didn't mention zombies love them and you love that stuff if you ride and die walking dead man more power to you you know love what you love and and don't let somebody else detract from that because they don't think it's cool. Because I guarantee you, for the 10 people at your school that are popular and don't think Godzilla are cool, you can go outside of your school and you're going to find 10,000 that love Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And they're, the, they're going to be your friends. They're going to be your friends. So love those people and embrace your Godzilla love. Just because Ryan and I aren't huge Godzilla fans, I don't care. Man, don't let that get to you because we're going to sit here and we're doing this for you. We're going to talk about this for you because we respect how much you love Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And I still like him. I just, his movies never done anything for me. Right. See him, I get excited. Yeah, I still like Godzilla. I'm just not a Godzilla movie guy. Yep. So, you know, love your Godzilla. Keep watching it. Thank you for requesting this from us because this definitely, uh, this definitely was more of a struggle bus movie for me in some ways, because as I said at the beginning, I realized I'm not a movie monster person. So it took me a little bit more time to do this than it did to do Lord of the Rings, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I just expanded what a movie monster was. <laughs> yeah, we just went, we just got a little creative there. Although, come on, Mike and Sully, Monsters, Inc. 
monster. Yeah, that one is it. Like I said, I still think the first Terminator is a monster movie. Yeah. So, so that's it for today. Um, we may be able to do this a few times and pump out a few episodes that we'll space out. We won't put them all out on the same day. Nope, we're putting them all out on Thursday. Today. <laughs> all of them. Different ones. Um, but this way we can actually have some content ready to go. That'd be crazy yeah, talk. Um, so I think that's enough for today. And by all means, once you're done listening to this, especially especially those of you who love the Godzilla movies, you know, and especially you, tell me what you think about this. And I know I talked to your dad more than you, but tell me through him what your opinion of this was. Did you like it? Do you not like it? Do you have comments on it? I'd like to hear that. So, And we'll discuss that when we hear back from you. So for today, I would think that's enough for monster movies. Yes. So I am Steve. I'm Ryan. And we'll talk to you soon.